0: Here's the issue, right? It's building blocks, people. This is assist there's a systematic way to go to market, to test messaging. There's a systematic way to test how that works with ad spend. There's a systematic way to go through that.
1: Welcome to the B two B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host Alex Mead, and today we are talking with Ken Lundeen. Ken is a is a sales and growth consultant and specialist. Uh, you know, Ken is the president of Ken Lundeen Associates and Rev Heat Marketing. And you know, today, you know, Ken has kind of spent the last two years really, you know, stepping into companies and implementing a process to drive growth through sales, through marketing and, you know, especially the last 2 years, things have changed from, you know, from a from a sales and marketing perspective because of the pandemic. And I know everyone's tired of hearing that things changed during the pandemic, but we're going to really talk about like what things changed, how the pandemic exposed some 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 issues within companies and like what you can now do you know, from, you know, to almost two years out, what we can learn from it and what we can do to grow better and also to prevent, you know, these types of things happening again. So it's gonna be a great episode. Tune in, Uh, you know, we had a great conversation about everything from empathy and sales to how to be a better uh, leader and motivate in in remote teams to sales marketing alignment. So it's gonna be a great show. Uh, Listen through and thank you again for joining. Welcome back to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm Alex, your host. And today we have Ken Lundin with us. Uh, And Ken, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I am fired up to
0: be here. There's nothing I like talking about more than (laughs) how to grow companies.
1: (laughs) Awesome. All right. Then we're going to have a great conversation. And, And so I think, you know, based on some of the conversations we had, you know, we've already had conversations about this is uh, in, in one aspect, sales and marketing, you know, more sales during the pandemic, uh, everybody put their hands up and said, like, what do we do now? Like what, 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 how do we, how do we change this? Some companies were already set up, they're already doing fine, but a lot of companies and a lot of salespeople said like, well, what do we do now? And now that we're what almost two years since uh, since the start, what like 18 months, 20 months. Uh, what are some of the things so you work with businesses and you help grow? What are some of the things you've noticed that have changed uh, from a sales perspective in companies in the last two years or since the pandemic started?
0: Well, I think the first thing now, let me first of all say hi to all the marketers, because if you're a marketer, here's a <laughs> gig and you're frustrated with the sales teams you're working with. It's because in 2021, the last stat I saw was 75% of salespeople aren't going to hit 75% of quota, (laughs) but they're pointing back at marketing going, give me better stuff, man. So, you know, ultimately I think that leads into what's really, really occurred and COVID just exposed how poorly sales teams have been running right? You get this kind of remote environment that we all have to function in. And some of the things they could do to make up for their lack of sales process or ability to drive value and deliver value were exposed because now they couldn't glad hand somebody, take them to a nice steak dinner and get a deal done. Right. It it (laughs) basically leveled the playing field. So now it's really made the, the, the disparity between the top performing individuals and teams in the middle and the average, I mean, it's just, it's widened the gap. So the haves have more and the have nots have less.
1: Yeah. So how, you know, the, the steak dinner is taking them to box seats at games Uh, You know, my dad is a, is a salesman for Hormel. He's, he, he was slinging spam and chili and uh, that was their go-to. Like as kids, we went to the, you know, the company seats at, uh, at baseball games and whatnot. So obviously that's like a, that's a, you know, maybe, I don't want to say a different generation of, of sales tactics, because I don't know if, I think they'll still work to a degree, but pandemic, you couldn't, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do any of that. How did, uh, was it people that were able to build genuine relationships and and like expose the challenges and provide the value is it the people that could do that? Are they the ones still succeeding during remote um, or like what is it about the people that are still succeeding?
0: Well, I think the number one thing is that they're truly client centric and you know, people do that all the time. Oh, I'm in this for you, Mr. Jones. I'm in this for you, <laughs> Mrs. Smith. And the truth is they're coming at you and like when you're, you can smell it through the zoom, right? They've got this commission breath, (laughs) like just trying to knock a deal out by the end of the month or the quarter. So those people, that's the problem. So you have that issue, the, the, but the top tier, the creme de la creme that we talk about, they're really the ones who know how to drive value. And what I mean by that is they're helping solve a problem that is beyond the problem the inbound lead brought to them in the beginning. Right? You've yeah. seen the stat 65% of the buyer's yeah. journey is done by the time sales engaged. And I would tell you that, well, that's all well and good, but they're usually asking about the wrong problem. It's functional. It's like if you're a SaaS provider, they're going, Hey, I need yeah. better reports. Nobody's going to spend yeah. 200,000 bucks a year on better reports that look prettier. Now I'll spend two hundred thousand dollars tomorrow for better better data to drive better decisions in my organization that will help me remove risk, increase increase revenue, or decrease expenses. So the creme de la creme are the ones who are saying, "Hey, I know you said that your knee hurts, but walk to the <laughs> door, and they notice that your hip is the real problem."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's a great point. I mean, what the what the what the initial thing is that's the objective or the yeah. the the first issue is usually surface level. Uh and it's it's probably yeah. one of five things. Uh I need better reports, I need more leads, I need better content. And it's like these, you know, I need we need to grow. That's also my favorite. Um, but it's it's usually you know, there's that's the, the, the the high level, the top line thing that they know that they need. And it's, it's that digging deeper, like you said, that really defines that. Now you, you also mentioned like the sales teams, it exposed some gaps in, in that. And I think a lot of people could say that might be on the sales leaders, the trainers, the directors of, you know, the director of sales, the managers of these teams, um, you know, you as with your experience, like what, what does it take to effectively manage a sales team, a team of two or a team of 20? You know, like, what are some things that you think about when, when that, when that's approached with you?
0: Yeah, I think so. That's a great question. And by the way, knowing those, knowing what they're coming to you for, you've, marketed for a few companies I see. So <laughs> you know, here's the five things are coming to get maybe. from us, right? Um, and that's why I love talking to you. But so when you think about it, I think you've actually asked two separate questions. Okay. The two questions that I heard were, um, what about sales process? Is that incumbent upon management or leadership to make sure that, that a, a repeatable, trainable, rep- predictable sales process is in place? And the second question is, well, Then how do you manage? So I'm going to start with how you manage and then we can, if we can work over to the process side, right? So how you, how you manage, I'll tell you what, there's a huge gap in management now, right? It's gotten even worse because prior to the pandemic, you know, the MarTech stack, the sales tech stacks are expanding. There's thousands of options that provide you all sorts of information, That paralyze you, that you just stare at your screen and you don't actually go do what management and leadership is supposed to do, which is we're supposed to be leading and interacting with people. That is yeah. the job, right? But you yeah. get investors involved and you get public companies and you get whatever. And everybody wants a report. And we got to go about customizing <laughs> and figuring this stuff out because nobody will look at any one system and it, whatever. It's silly. So managing them, I would tell you the number one kind of tip I would give. If you're listening today, I don't care what discipline you are in a business. You know, I always tell people, hey, here's the deal. If you'll do this thing, you will crush it as a manager and you'll know when to let people exit. And that's this. You as a manager or leader need to understand the personal and professional goals of your subordinates. It's not enough, though. You then have to show them. How the company can be the vehicle to those goals. And when yeah. the company can no longer be the vehicle, it's cool if you part ways. So I think that's the first thing. I mean, get back to the human-to-human empathy part of this. It doesn't have to be – don't be sympathetic. Understand where they are in the world. Understand their plight. So that's one. You got to understand that. Two, the, probably the biggest mistake that I see in organization after organization, and we serve companies from 2 million to 2 billion. And it's across them all is the sheer lack of guidelines or kind of like, you know, um, gutter blockers, like in a bowling lane that keep the ball in play. Right. Yeah. The sheer lack of guidance on what success should look like in their role and then holding them accountable to it. You know, they go back to my my very and I'll digress here. My very first company, I said, oh, it's going to be altruistic and I'm going to give everybody the month of December off because we're all going to be so nice and work (laughs) together. And, you know, and I didn't manage anybody and that went horribly. And I have to see a (laughs) lot of that still going on in business today. I mean, I I don't know. I could be wrong. What's your experience?
1: Yeah, it's uh, I think there's a lot of good uh, sales leaders that are preaching this, that are preaching you know, what it is to be a an effective trainer and manager, because that becomes your role at a certain point. And um, and I think there are some good people out there talking about it and training. You know, you yourself are probably, you know, standing on probably in the same soapbox. But uh, I think there's a lot of companies out there and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have been grown that have grown their careers, maybe without those people. So they don't have anybody that they've learned that from. And so they're going off the you know see their pants of now I've got a now I have s two SDRs under me and uh, quota you got to hit your quota and then there's really no guidance or experience of how to train them and I think that. Uh, I think from like big companies, you know, I guess I guess I can't speak to everybody, but I think, you know, some of the some of the more startup techs that are getting better funding, they're poaching talent for a reason. And those are probably fine. But I think it's those medium to small businesses that people are getting lost um, is what we've noticed. And, you, you you know, talking about your process. Well, we'll get to your process question. We'll get to the process next. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned empathy, empathy. What does that play in? You know, I think. I mean, I want to ask both sales and marketing. Maybe let's talk about it from a sales perspective. What is it what does empathy mean or like what role does it play in a salesperson's job?
0: You know, and what's interesting is I think this is one. Like I separated the last question and made it difficult for you, right? And then this is one though <laughs> that I think you can actually bring together. And so this is the reason, right? So empathy is true. Empathy at the end of the day is truly understanding what someone's going through, right? Truly understanding where they are and what, what, what challenges, what risks, what things they aspire to. You know, you used to be, do these old, um, you know, ideal client profiles or personas, right? And it was mm-hmm. 747 mm-hmm. details about where did they, what yeah. newspaper did they read? and What time did they go to bed? You know, now we've gotten so just blind, it's, you know, we're selling to the VP of engineering at XYZ Co. (laughs) And empathy is the difference in sales and marketing. The ability to be empathetic, one, two, understanding how to use that role in a communication is the difference between top tier marketers and top tier salespeople from everybody else. Because, you know, we used to play a role back when I would just, we just got going with Ken Lundin Associates. I'd, I'd play as a, um, chief sales officer for one company every year. And I did that because I wanted to be client facing and test everything we did. Um, and at the end of the day, what I knew was I could be client facing in under three weeks, did it with software and then did it with mystery shopping, right? (laughs) two totally different disciplines. And here's what it came down to. Because 100% of what I was trying to do was be empathetic to what's going on in their role. Because my job was not to be the product expert. My job was to know what Alex needed. What's Alex going on? What's Alex's problem? What's Alex got happening? Because I think now I would argue that the vast majority of marketers and salespeople have very shallow ICPs and persona developments. And I would argue that they truly don't understand who they're actually trying to talk to.
1: I agree. I don't think uh, I don't think enough people know those deep levels and and you can't you can generalize some, but you can't generalize all of them. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I can t- I can I can try to gauge some ideas. I can get things off people's LinkedIn's. I can get stuff off companies if they've been on a podcast or if they've written a blog, you know, all these things I can I can grab. But it's not until you have that conversation that, you know. Really, what you're gonna uncover, um, and I think that's that's also yeah. part of it. And I I don't think I don't think enough people, I don't think enough people put an emphasis on the empathy side of, of the conversation. And a good friend of mine, Terry Arbaugh has a, he's been doing a clubhouse weekly on um, emotional, uh, he calls it intelligence Um, and like the emotional intelligence it takes in a sales sales to, to capture that, essentially that essence of like, what is it about this person both career and personal because it's, it's, you know, those are very much connected, especially right now. I mean, you can see I'm at home. And so, uh, mm. you know, you you know, people get a glimpse into their lives, uh, and it's, and it's, it's really figuring out how to make that connection to then figure out what's the deeper concern or challenge they have that they're trying to figure out, um, that I think yeah. kind of ties back to, you know, the, 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 the client-centric sales process.
0: Yeah, I think if you're client-centric and empathetic. Those things are the things that make miracles happen from a sales growth perspective. You know, and let's step back. So I'm gonna blame everybody yeah. in this podcast. So if you want blame, also I got enough to go around. <laughs> the other thing I'm gonna blame, and it's and it, there's a blame component, but it's also because they don't know how to do it. Well, that's not true. There's a blame flat blame component. And executive leadership is part of the problem. And the reason they're part of the problem is they're just saying, Hey, all these uh, marketing technology tools, all these sales tech tools, let's go faster instead of better, (laughs) right? Put out 17,000 emails when they don't understand that if they don't do technical stuff, DMARCs, SPFs, this kind of stuff, that they're going to blow up their URL. Like, but they're still saying marketing, put out a hundred, hundred thousand emails. They're saying sales, right? Automate this thing and go, go spam everybody on LinkedIn, There's a place for all those tools to work, but I think the issue has become with remote. We've even gotten to the point where I think we are, um, we have hypersensitized ourselves to speed, right? And you and I both know like account, account account-based marketing or sales, right? You'll actually sell a whole lot more in that environment in most cases by actually talking to less people or trying to prospect less people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, the vast majority of people out there, I think, executive leadership, just think it's more instead of better because they don't want to take the time. Think about how hard it is if you're a technical founder. Let's say you've got $12 million in sales or ARR. You're a technical founder. You're a product whiz. Your product can do everything. Man, it's really hard to narrow that. What are those three things that are the most important yeah. for your – I mean, we've seen, we've seen companies struggle with that for years, yeah. So I think executive yeah. leadership is incumbent upon them to actually try to be better and more efficient rather than just make a volume shoot.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's like this um there's like this graph probably what 10 years ago, five years ago, marketing automation and sales automation and personalization you could find. Just like it's like, oh, I can make that email feel like I sent it to just you, but I've sent it to a thousand people this month Uh, and I think we're like I think we're just coming down it and people are people are still sending 100 emails a day 150 emails a day that are just kind of like send all uh, versus taking the time to think about it personalizing approach finding a segmented group that that can be personalized at scale but maybe not a hundred a day Um, and I think we're tools uh, outreach HubSpot I mean all of them have allowed us to basically scrape data and information to mass emails. And uh, I I forget where I saw this data and I forget the exact data, I know this is uh, not helping anybody, Um, but it's uh, more, I actually think it came from HubSpot, more sales outbound emails were sent in 2021 um, than ever before. And the effective rate has dropped to the lowest it's ever been. So more people are sending emails And less people are actually, it's actually effective for them. And I think that I think that talks to that, that, you know, that approach that you're talking about, where um, if you spend more time on fewer accounts and you can actually do the work, you're going to be more successful. I I can tell you right now, all of my most successful sales opportunities didn't come from me sending a quick email. Uh, if If they responded to that, it took another six months of us. Uh, talking on LinkedIn, engaging content, going to webinars, like, you know, engaging with each other before anything maybe even happened. Um, And I think uh, I think executives don't understand that process either, that a cold outreach is going to take four times longer than a than a somebody came for a different channel or that has a better relationship with.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a necessity to have cold outreach and to try to create an inbound environment. But, yeah. uh, but I agree with you and, you know, it's awesome talking to you, Alex, because you're in this unique situation, right. Of being the VP of sales for a fantastic marketing organization. Right. So that's super cool yeah. to kind of, yeah. to, to, to kind of be able to have that. Cause you kind of see what's going on with your clients. And at the same time, you got to carry a yeah. number, you know? And so, yeah. yeah, I think, I think when you think about that, it was obvious. The other thing that's funny is right. Just think about January as an example. What's going to happen in January? The amount of emails are going to go through the roof to everybody. The amount of (laughs) LinkedIn in mails and connections through the roof, because all of a sudden, everybody's got a New Year's resolution that they're going to prospect. Yeah. Right. Quotas reset.
1: I mean, like everything is uh, everything's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. Get your inbox ready. (laughs) Get your spam filter set up.
0: I I know. I'm sure you get
1: them as well. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, two years ago, I actually stopped doing anything on LinkedIn in the month of January because I didn't want to have to deal with the email. So funny. Um,
1: I'm sure you get them as well. Um, I get, uh, and it really actually, it's like created a whole task. We have to go through our database and like lead forms and take out everybody who's just trying to sell us backlinks and guest posting um, by reaching out to our website or just emailing us. It's getting. uh, actually like creating like more work than, uh, I mean, like, do they, do the people really hire, <laughs> hire these people? Uh, well, they they've, must. Never heard of ta- people they've never heard it. of
0: tagging. So no, they've never heard of tagging no. in a, in a marketing CRM. Um, and then at the same time, yeah. you know, there's a reason that the people still send the thing about how they have 26 million in some South yeah. American country. And if you'll just give them your bank account number, they'll wire it to you. Cause people it works fall for that too. So I guess they see <laughs> Yeah. Still do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought up that I am like living in this like kind of perfect world of, of what I'm seeing in marketing and then translating that to sales. I'm a marketer. I self-taught sales one day, uh, you know, five years ago or so. We kind of sat down as, a, as the three owners, two owners, and we said, well, we're both just doing client work and we just happen to get random jobs coming. So we keep like we're staying afloat, but nobody's actually thinking, what is our client in three months, six months and 12 months? And so, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to if I, if I draw the, the short straw, or the long straw, but uh, I'm essentially took over um, sales that day and kind of self-taught. And so it's been a I've made all these mistakes. I have sent hundreds of emails a day. I have taken the time to write 10 and like super personalize it videos and all. And I've kind of found a sweet spot somewhere in there. Um, outbound is certainly, uh, I don't want to say it's a necessity. It's certainly part of a sales. It's part of a sales and growth strategy, but I think it just is, there's different ways to do it that it can be more effective.
0: Yeah. I think imminently the problem is, you know, it comes back to you, you know, before people start working with you guys, they, they'll the old adage applies, right? You waste 50% of your marketing dollars. You just don't know which 50%. And it's just <laughs> yeah, inherent, yeah. you know, it's inherent on pond people because they're not, it's just, so if you're listening to this, I mean, here's the issue, right? It's building blocks, people. This is a system. There's a systematic way to go to market, to test messaging. There's a systematic way to test how that works with ad spend. There's a systematic way to go through that. And so if you're a company who's trying to grow, and you don't have a system, like we had talked about sales process earlier and never came back to it. If you still think sales is more art than science, you've already capped your growth potential. right? If you think marketing, I don't know what true attribution looks like. You may have somebody who's just providing you all these pretty reports and they have lots of numbers on them. But they don't say, well, in this part of the funnel, what we're trying to do is do email captures because they're going to a nurture and this is how well that's working. Oh, and in this part of the funnel, we're trying to do this. And they're not aligning to the buyer journey in the appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. You've capped your growth potential. And what you've also done is capture profit potential because your CAC, your customer acquisition cost, is going to be too high. You're going to spend too much in places that you shouldn't be spending money. So you get this just this thing where if you're not really, really aware of, there are systematic ways to grow companies, your growth potential is capped, and so is your earnings potential. And th- that's just not a great feeling as an entrepreneur who has a fantastic product or service that's better than everybody else, but can't yeah. get anyone else to see it.
1: Yeah. What would, be, what would be your advice to the marketer out there listening that they probably are thinking uh, 50% of what I'm doing is good, 50% of what I'm doing is probably not as effective, but they don't know which one. What would you say to them?
0: Yeah, I'd say if you haven't figured out what your main purpose is, so like, I think this probably goes to, you know, you, Alex, we talk all the time about how do we get sales and marketing on the same, same side, right? Because I started this by saying, hey, sales is pointing at marketing and marketing is like, I gave you 7,422 leads. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> well, marketing part of the problem is you gave 7,422 leads to two people. So, they, so they're never going to work it, right? So your lead scoring's off, whatever. Um, But the big thing I would say is if you're listening and you're not sure which piece of your marketing is working is really to figure out what your purpose is. And that purpose should be aligned with marketing and sales. And it should each part of your marketing funnel should have a specific purpose, right? Are we going from cold to warm to hot traffic? Understanding that there is a a part of the buyer journey where they're just researching to figure out what the heck the problem is. There's another part where they're trying to research what the potential solutions could be. Right, And then there's a part, oh, by the yeah. way, that most marketers miss. How do you grow the, the long lifetime value of the customer on the back end? What are the, things you, what are the things you can be doing to help take a SaaS company who has a $50,000 know, annual contract, but has $200,000 in annual, annual dollars they could be selling to that client that would be helpful? So mm-hmm. I think really it comes down to purpose and then making sure with those purposes you track and making sure that you understand everything is a test. And you're not right about anything because I promise you, the second you think you're right, that'll switch. Facebook will change an algorithm. Google will change an algorithm. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn will change an algorithm, or you know something like the pandemic will happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things there that I think are important. Um, I mean, you mentioned uh, you know there, there's there's additional revenue from an existing client, um, and I think we've noticed within customer service you know, client management, sales, marketing, there's everyone thinks the other one's doing it or is responsible for it. And there's not enough discussion about it, Um, you know, because sales is probably saying, oh, that's a that's a that's a client management uh, challenge. That's that's something they should be doing is is doing upsells and cross sells. Um, But really, it's it's the it's the team's, you know, challenge that they need to figure out. And I don't think enough team, I don't think there's enough teams that are that are coming together like that. Um, we have clients all the time that sales has a definition of what their life cycle stages and buyer's journey, and they're reporting on these metrics to their CEO. And then sales has their definitions of what the lifecycle stages are, and they're reporting on those to the CEO but they're not telling each other what they're reporting on and what those mean and you know you get in a situation where um you know marketing marketing was getting in was getting like uh potentially budgets cut because they weren't converting enough SQLs uh cuz that's the that's what they are using and it turns out anytime uh you know an MQL booked a meeting and it was successful to the next stage it was automatically called an opportunity so nobody was being clicked to, nobody was being called in SQL. So we like, I think like part of the process, part of these teams and alignment um, is also just a complete, just open understanding of what we're all doing and what we're all trying to achieve. It's the same thing. We're all trying to achieve the same thing. We wanna grow revenue, grow clients, you know, provide a better product and customer service. And I just don't think enough teams, you know, sales alignment, sales marketing alignment is is a buzzword that everybody likes to say, um, we're a marketing sales company, and I think we could improve our sales marketing mm-hmm. alignment, and I'm in charge of both. Like, I am both, and I think we could improve that. Um, and I don't think enough companies are actually doing it. They're saying they're doing it, but they're not actually really doing it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's because- is that something the you variety, guys notice? Yeah, Yeah. I think the amount of data that exists is part of the problem. Because instead of saying, You know, like simplify everything. You know, even in your business, there's four to six levers you can pull. And those four to six levers are the most important things to drive the outcomes you want. There's 322 other things people are doing. But there's four to six you as a leader, as an owner, as a manager need to be aware of. Um, And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right when you start to talk about that sales and marketing alignment idea. It's interesting because people talk about it. People laugh about it. I've never had anyone tell me I'm wrong when I say they're not in alignment. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, the problem, you run, you, know, you run into a buzzword and the problem is everybody has their own definition of what that means. And I think ultimately, it's because the bad rap on marketers. So if you want to know as a marketing company how to just absolutely crush it, grow your, to grow your company as fast as you want, here is what it comes down to. Nobody's told, maybe no one's told you this before, but the truth is for most digital agencies, at the end of the day, the customer leaves because they feel like the reporting that you did was in your best interest and not in theirs. Yeah. Because you showed them a whole bunch of numbers and they don't feel like they They got a single sale. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everything was about self, they feel at the end of the day it was self-promotion. You know, so I'll tell you what, here's the conversation you want to have. You want to get sales and marketing aligned? You want to do it quick? You can do it right now today. Go to your clients, go to your your boss, go to your company or for clients that you work with. Go to them and say, here's the deal. Yes, we have 474 other metrics we can report on. But for these four initiatives, these are the most important. I'll tell you why, because they track the buyer's journey and the customer lifecycle. And if we get these right all the rest of the numbers will look fantastic
1: Mm-hmm.
0: get aligned on the, get aligned on the few important things yeah. and stop, you know, it's, it's otherwise your mirror just gets a little fuzzy and foggy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of like to think that, you know, those core, you know, numbers that you're looking at, that she's talking about, you know, those, those are, you know, what you want to see and will kind of show your success. And if something's not working, that's where the other 600 data points come in. It's like, well, why isn't this working? This is working. Oh, we're not we're not hitting this point. We're losing people here. Um, versus looking at every single data at the whole time. It's really is this campaign working? Are we hitting these numbers that we're trying to reach? And that'll really drive the success. It's only when it's not working do you want to go back and Diagnose the problem, you know, depending on what
0: you're you're doing. So why in marketing, if people fall in for the idea, I mean, that's like giving all of this, these 600 things is the exact opposite of the proper use of a dashboard, right? And executive leadership, clients, whoever, whoever you're doing marketing for, they want the dashboard first. And then you just mm-hmm. tell them, we got a red light, yellow light, green light symbol. If it's got green on it, we're going to pour more gas on it. If it's got yellow, it's, well, we got to figure out why it's there. And if yeah. it's red, we cut it off. Yeah. That's valuable to me as a business owner. Yeah. Do that. And then the rest of the stuff will work itself out.
1: Yeah. Ken, I can talk to you all day.
0: <laughs> well, Unfortunately, you know I don't me, know if, somebody I like to,
1: would, if people would listen to us all day.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know me. I like to I like to hear my own voice, too. So it works yeah. out OK. Yeah,
1: no. And I, I uh, I'm always a, I'm always a believer in in the conversation is really where you get to the heart of, of issues as well. And I think I think that's why I do like sales is when my sales process is successful. It's because I'm able to have conversations like this where we can be honest and open up and and. And, uh, you know, really get to what the root core is of of business and personal challenges that we can that we can figure out how to address. So I appreciate your time. Uh, I really do. And I think we could probably maybe schedule around two. I think there's plenty more topics we could probably discuss. So maybe we should uh, maybe we should plan plan a plan a episode two soon.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in. You know, this is great stuff. Sales and marketing is the 50 percent of a company that most people don't understand. Right. And so this what you guys are doing on this podcast and what you're bringing to the market is so important. And the idea of bringing it together from a total growth access is great.
1: Yeah. And yeah, no, thank you. Um, So let me let me I'll give you I'll give you the floor one more time. How can people um, how can people reach out to you? What can they connect with you on? Uh, Maybe give us give us some information that they can find you.
0: Yeah, perfect. I think there's, you know, there's probably three three primary ways to find us. And that's one, KenLundin.com, L-U-N-D-I.com. And that's going to be in the show notes, I'm sure. RevHeat, which is our digital marketing agency. Um, and then more importantly, I think here's the offer I'd make. You know, if you're really listening to this, you're saying, I like what Alex and Ken are talking about. Um, and I got questions. Hook up with me on LinkedIn. Tell me Tell me that you actually listened to us on the B2B Growth Marketer podcast. And then what I do from there is I'll give you a free 30 minute strategy session. Um, It won't go to a sales guy. It'll come directly to me.
1: Perfect. That's awesome. And thank you for that. Yeah. So we'll put all of those links in the show notes. um, And when we post this on social, social, we'll be sort of tag you and, uh, you know, mention that too, for people to reach out to you. Um, So I appreciate that. And, And Ken, thank you again for being on the show. That's our show today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Ken, for joining and having a great conversation. Uh, you know, check back and subscribe. We have a lot of great content coming. Uh, we're we're going to have SEO content. We're going to have content writing content. We're going to have time management, how to be, you know, how to have more of a kick-ass day. And so, you know, thank you so much for for listening. Be sure to check back for more episodes. Uh, you know, we'll have more content as well at BeaconsPoint.com. And Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day.